Hello everyone and welcome back to Pretend Worlds Real People. As always, I'm Tyler and uh, apologies, this episode is slightly delayed. Uh, had a really busy weekend just uh, on a Saturday of all days, like Saturday morning, 5 a.m. I had a couple of self-tape requests come through. So as you know, when you're an actor in this industry, you it doesn't matter if you get it on a Monday or uh, in the middle of a weekend, you get those self-tapes done on time and these things were due on a Monday morning. So I spent all weekend doing that and completely spaced on what day it was by the time I got down to editing this intro, which is why it is a little delayed. But I have a fantastic episode in store for all of you. We're diving back into the adult film industry. So quick disclaimer, if you have any little ones in the car, maybe you save this episode for later. Uh, but we are talking to a very talented content creator, model, a Fuji film fanatic, cosplayer, D&D lover, and craft beer aficionado by the name of B. York. And in this, we talk about everything from what she was doing before, you know, kind of her early years into creating a business for herself and what it took to get to where she is now, you know, learning how to edit, how to light, how to operate cameras. And it, we go really dorky and slightly geeky into, you know, just diving into <laughs> learning about cinematography and how to make things look great. But not only that, you know, we talk about what she likes to do for fun when she does have free time and, you know, what she sees for herself in the future. It was just a wonderful talk. I had a blast chatting with her and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. So without further ado, let's sit down with the lovely B. York. I'm B York. I'm an adult content creator, um, which is yeah, pretty pretty straightforward. <laughs> and how we can go as far back as we need to, but how did you end up choosing this career path? What about it stood out to you? Did you start out doing something else and then pivoted to this? Like how did that is such an interesting journey to kind of go back and reflect upon? Um. I will be candid. I have always been drawn to adult work ever since um, I was younger, but never really thought that it would be a good space for me, um, given that I don't look like most people in the adult industry um, and never have. Um, but, you know, so I, I did my my whole normal career path um, and kind of dabbled in a little exhibitionism along the way. Um, and I, well, the funny story is that I started off out on Reddit. I'm an avid Redditor. Um, and I thought I would sell panties on Reddit, um, which kind of led me down into the rabbit hole of doing other things within the adult industry. And fast forward seven years and here I am. Oh, like I got to unpack that because the idea of selling panties through Reddit of all things. How how did that come to you? Was it just so is it because I'm not a huge Reddit person. I've been on it a couple of times. You know, when you're Googling an answer to something, you definitely do not know. So you need that community. How did that happen? That's that's insane. Well, I mean, it's pretty much like when you Google something, Reddit is a vast like 
place for answers, especially since it's forum based. So you get a lot of input. And there were several guys that kind of break things down. And I was like, okay, this would be a safe place to start if I dabble in that. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of dipping my toes and then learning other things along the way. Wow. And I'm curious, what did you do before all of this started? I mean, as you were growing up, uh, if you were looking to go to school or if you were you know, looking to go into a trade, did you have other jobs that you were you know, considering before this as well? Uh, well, I knew I always wanted a non-traditional job, um, just because, you know, I, I like, I like different, um, but I was most passionate, um, before, uh, entering the adult industry in fashion and retail management. Um, so I did that, uh, for pretty much all of my adult life off and on, um, until I, I took the plunge. And can you, uh, you don't have to name the exact retailer because I've also dabbled in retail as well. Uh, <laughs> do you, did you work for one company? Was it a few of them? Was there one you just didn't care for? We don't have to mention any names, but you know, one retail person. Uh, well, I worked for um, various uh, luxury retailers and department stores. So I've always kind of stayed within that realm. Okay. Well, I will keep my target stories to myself then. <laughs> I mean, they're fun. <laughs> but very, very different retail environments. Still very good stories. Which I, I'm really excited to hear about your party story later on in the episode. I'm just going to keep plugging that in to keep you thinking about it before we get to the end of it. Uh, no, that that's that's really cool that you had, you know, this eye for fashion and retail. And can you recall, you know, your first... I guess sort of initial, initial, there's the coffee again, initial interest in fashion, where that came from. If you saw, you know, a runway video, if you were just watching people on the street, where did that interest and that eye for fashion come from for you? Uh, I mean, it's been a part of me ever since I was very, very little. Um, one of the things I think that always stood out um, as like, yeah, this is this is what I want um, to be a part of was, um, of course, reading the Double Wears Prada and Confessions of a Shopaholic before both of those became movies. Um, they were just, I don't know, such fun stories like that's just so tied into the inner workings of the fashion industry. Because, you know, fashion is always beautiful and pretty, but I like to like the nitty gritty and and the the chaos of the behind the scenes what what about it what like what about the the nitty-gritty and the chaos it, I, I will i will relate it to this i work in the film industry and the chaos of being on set and just some of the tension yet the fun it's it's just really addictive so what about the chaos of fashion just drew you in um there's just so much buildup that goes into any like season or event and like just putting it all together but also like the like the business aspect of being able to plan out everything pretty much nine six nine months to a year in advance and the the absolute hell that um Black Friday used to be, um, and trying to make goals. And I don't know, it was just, 
It was so much fun. I didn't sleep much. I had way too many energy drinks, but it was a thrill. Do you get the occasional flashbacks to Black Friday? Yes, I, um, <laughs> yeah, I, if I drink like a, like a normal Red Bull, um, like that flavor, that awful, awful flavor brings me back to like, just how I used to pound them to just stay alive. Yeah, oh God, I can smell it now. Is that weird? Like I can smell the empty Red Bull <laughs> <laughs> from those days. Uh, well, that's, that's a really interesting connection and. Uh, we'll jump forward to, you know, you diving into Reddit and selling your own material and diving into the, uh, I guess, any performing arts industry, but also the adult industry can be daunting at first. So how did you get from, you know, selling your own merchandise to developing your own content and essentially creating your own business? How did that go for you? Um. Well, I was, of course, like on Reddit. So you're very person to person like you're you're selling to one particular individual that customer is like speaking directly to you and you have that commun- open communication where you can be like oh well will you do x and the x and y for this and i was like yeah maybe i will um and then you know as as you grow into expanding your offerings on a person to person customer base it um turned into well will you make this video for me um and I was so nervous because I have had had no experience um and so it was it was with a customer that I had worked with for a while and I was like okay I'm gonna do it and then it did suck it's definitely not great um but it did suck and it was pretty fun and I did that several more times until I had a catalog of videos to um, create like a, I don't know how familiar you are with um, sites where you can purchase adult videos. Uh, But I set up a shop on many vids and kind of started developing myself as a brand. Um, And I would get more custom videos. And I don't know, custom videos are one of my favorite things. And my bread and butter of business for for a while. Wow. I mean, it sounds like you had to dive headfirst into video production like right away. <laughs> Did you have experience before that? Or was it a, okay, I put the camera here and then do I need a light? Like, what is lighting? I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh, I could, okay. I could really, really get into this because if there is one thing that like, they don't tell you when you decide to be a, a solo content creator, a solo adult content creator. Um, Cause you know, I, I was just entering this world of like, yeah, I, I like it. Um, I like being in the adult entertainment world. Um, and, and I enjoy sex work as a whole, but they don't tell you that you need to know so much technical stuff. And I knew nothing. Uh, I actually bought my first digital camera, like real digital camera in 2020, because I just, I had to start evolving. Um, And now, now it's something that I'm very passionate about. And my goal is to actually be, I want to create the highest production value as a single 
solo content creator as I can before I'm done within the industry. But yeah, I've had to learn everything from lighting to, I didn't even know what, like, I didn't even know, like, camera basics. And I was getting so frustrated because why is this not point and shoot? It should just be easy. You push a button and it should record me. Um, but no, there's <laughs> there a lot of, a lot of learning. I'm guessing this digital camera was probably like a DSLR, right? No, it's it's a mirrorless camera. It's okay. actually the Fujifilm X-T4 um, because I'm a Fujifilm nerd now, apparently. <laughs> well, with all the amount of hours I assume you put into researching how to use it and making it look great, now you're, I mean, that's your brand. You're stuck with it now. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's definitely become a part of my brand as a whole. Um, I think I think I have a small following of people that just like me because... Um, I love talking about gear, which would not be the same me like three years ago. So now you you can dive fully into, you know, lighting kits and cameras. And, you know, uh, as far as like editing goes, did you jump into iMovie or did you download a bootleg, you know, Premiere Pro and go, I don't know what the hell a render is, but it's really ruining my day. What is the one that's on PC? It was like movie mat movie maker magic or something. Yes. <laughs> that is my that was what I started with. And then I finally had to get a nicer computer so I could but I had switched to a Mac. Um because at the time I was recording on an iPhone and it's just so much better when it's the same. Um so I got Final Cut Pro and that's probably like the next big step is like actually learning like the nitty gritty in Final Cut Pro because, you know, I've been doing the same system. Like I had to learn like color correcting and color grading. And, oh, Wait, like the, you, the, were... you can definitely tell if you go through my work year by year is like, oh, she was learning how to put a vignette on. Just cuts to, you know, the 1920s montage transitions for no reason in the middle of the video. <laughs> but that's no, that's so cool, though. You've essentially taken in a whole other trade while working on your own business. And like you said, video production is no joke whatsoever. So have you it sounds weird, but have you gone back and looked at your first, you know, sort of uh plethora of content compared to what you do now and just thought how far you've come like have you had a chance to compare and contrast of course uh well because a lot of my older content still sells regularly um and so there's like there there's that initial moment of cringe like oh man i was i had no idea what i was doing it's so bad and then it's just like kind of like also being that person that can say like hey Guys, it's okay if you're not great when you start out. You can get there eventually, but people aren't always consuming your content because it's because it's like the best looking um, from a production value. They're buying it because it's you and and consuming it because you're the star and making it special. Yeah, and I will. It's a different medium podcasting, but the first episode of this show we did three years ago is god awful. You know, it's two people that were sharing one mic. And it, the sound is horrible. It's just there's no format. It's it's absolute garbage. But yeah, it's nice to look back and go, I've grown so much since I first started doing that. And I guess now that you've you know you've had years to 
hone your craft and practice and really develop this uh, this sort of content schedule. What's your day to day like now? I mean, are you? Pl- I guess we could go for the month too because you're probably planning ahead. So, what is your uh, what's your work month usually like between making content, time for yourself, and then time for other things as well? Uh, I wish I could say that I'm really good at planning ahead, but um, no, for the most part, I do try and like batch my content um, and like set aside certain days of the week. Um, The most important thing that has helped me like so much is having set days off where I try not to do anything. Um, I'm also super lucky to have a very separate workspace. So, you know, all my equipment and everything is here and I walk out the door and I even leave my cameras behind unless I'm planning to do some fun shooting. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much just having set days during the week. Like, okay, these is, this is when I'm going to film. This is when I'm going to make like more amateur style content. Um, and then Monday is usually supposed to be editing day. You save Mondays for editing? oh no (laughs) well sunday is my fun day um it's like my set day off where i like you know party hardy or or enjoy myself so usually the next day i'm like oh well i'm gonna i feel bloaty because i ate like too much fried food and had too many beers so i don't want to be in front of the camera i'll just sit at my desk (laughs) that's fair i can completely relate to that i don't do self-tapes on mondays Uh, (laughs) not at all and you know speaking of the free time that you allot yourself uh, what what do you like to do that helps you decompress you're not thinking about work you're enjoying something else what are your what are your hobbies what do you like to do free time that would be so nice um i wanted to be an entrepreneur so i could work 24 7 um that joke never gets old but uh well I like photography um and one of my big goals um for this year is to stop being so shy and um reach out to other local creatives and be behind the camera for for a change um and get better at that wow are you just a naturally shy person or does it when it comes to like really it's so yes yeah I'm very very like scared of like I guess it's like that that fear of rejection like oh no I don't want to hang out with you okay (laughs) so like it takes a lot for me to be like yeah you want to do this sometime yeah let's do it does the the separation, especially over Zoom, does that help, or was doing this kind of you know jarring for the last couple of days? Uh, I mean, it's a little better when it's like set for me. <laughs> like, okay, I have to do this thing now. But like, if I have to like approach people, oh, oh, oh my gosh, it's scary. <laughs> well, as a fellow introvert, I need to ask you, what are your your coping? methodologies to talking to somebody you don't know or approaching somebody in lieu of like collaboration or maybe even friendship <laughs> um i don't <laughs> uh, i don't know i usually 
usually depend on encouragement from friends. Like, okay, do this thing. Okay, I'll do the thing. I'll be a big girl and do the thing. That's, that's um, fair. Yeah. <laughs> Put the work on others. <laughs> well, that's Probably another not the best. Well, it's it's a great goal to have to you know get out of your shell and I feel like once we we cross those boundaries, you start feeling more you know confident and alive and you know not say it gets easier talking to different people, but you know you take each one as a win. <laughs> yeah, it, it. I mean, I'm always happy when I do put myself out there. It's just so scary to get to like that point. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just, I was like asking other uh, shy folks, you know, how they deal with that because some people like to, I don't know, they, they go into the bathroom and they do a breathing exercise or somebody puts in like a POD song, you know, in their earbud and somehow that helps. And then they go and they, it's, yeah, there's the POD song may have been me. Uh, but, you know, there, <laughs> yeah, that's there's really specific. Yeah. Like, okay. All right. I got this. Okay. I want to go oh, talk to this person. I've gotten better. Uh, but I do want to talk about your, you know, your love for, I did read that you're a craft beer nut. So we can talk about that. Snob, if, if you yeah. like. Are you, are you a beer snob? A little bit. How so? I got to hear more about this. I mean, I won't drink anything that's like mass produced. I just will call it swill. <laughs> What's the only bad? thing I will drink is like PBR in like an ironic way <laughs> with air quotes. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> is there any footage of you drinking PBR in an ironic way? Because that would be amazing. No, because I haven't done it since like my early 20s. <laughs> so, so what's your what's your go to craft beer then? What's your style? Uh, so I like dark, um, dark beers. I like browns and reds, um, and definitely like stouts. Oh, also, I will consume Guinness like all the time. <laughs> okay, that 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 is special. I don't think anybody would blame you for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think my favorite one. Um, it's not too far from Seattle. It's Boundary Bay um scotch ale and it's like a it's nice hearty dark beer dark ish beer Ooh, uh, see okay I'll, I'll admit full force i'm allergic to alcohol but i was a bartender <laughs> for about eight years so Whoa. i i can sample it and i i know every single taste All my friends are listening right now and are yelling at the speakers but no i i can i can taste it and i know um like stout was my it was always my go-to because it was the one that was not as hoppy not as crazy uh, I will say if you haven't been to I'm based in Colorado, if you've never been to Colorado with all the breweries they have here, especially in Denver, you will find amazing beers on every friggin' corner. It's insane. Um, I bet. I'm sure it's very similar to like Seattle. And then also San Francisco is really good for having a lot of breweries. See, I didn't know Seattle was so big with that, too. Oh is that God. something recent or has that always been that way? I mean, it's been definitely a thing since I moved here about like 11 years ago, um, but they really like IPAs here, <laughs> which is not my favorite. <laughs> You're not going for the, the double hazy IPA on a rainy day? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, well, we got the the darks, the stouts. Those are your go-to beers. Now let's compare the geekiest thing I could think of, uh, Star Trek to Star Wars. Which way are you going? Because I heard that you're a bit of a, a sci-fi aficionado, too. Um, I would say I'm pretty split 50-50. Yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> split because, I mean, both both franchises have done pretty well with expanding their universe and that's what like draws me in the most but i would probably say i've consumed the most star trek content Ooh, does that include the original series like that era or more of the they've had a resurgence recently with all their material Um, (laughs) touchy topic there's some hits and some misses um I actually haven't seen all of the original series. I've only seen about halfway through. But uh, aside from that, I've watched every other franchise except for Discovery, which I think is one of their weakest ones. But it has some of the best characters. So I'm giving it another watch. It's yeah. (laughs) Is there one you favor more than the others as far as series go? Like, are you a TNG fan or? Um, so I usually go with uh, Voyager because it was my first, even though it's kind of weird and problematic <laughs> in its own way. <laughs> I I don't think I've seen Voyager since I was a kid. If I'm remembering it's the right one. Silly sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I will say like Star Trek is winning me over, but I grew up full force a star wars fan but for some reason now trek is just i I think it was the 2009 film that made me realize oh there's more to this than just the old tv show let's try this out um yeah that was was like one of those things was like oh it's not just for nerds it's actually really cool (laughs) and then um i was dating someone at the time who was watching um voyager while i was doing some of my homework and like i kept like getting distracted and like this is this is kind of cool. Now, with that being said, I mean, do you go to comic conventions or sci-fi conventions as well? Do you venture? I know you said you were shy, but when it comes to the trek, I mean, you gotta you gotta literally make the trek out there and go, you know, see some things. Sorry, that was a horrible horrible pun. Uh, but have you ever been to like a convention or anything like that? Um, well, I have gone to the Emerald City Comic Con, um, where I did meet um, Michael Dorn. And I was very, very excited. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I usually like, I don't know, there's always like some sort of scheduling conflict for me. Like there was a really cool like Trek specific convention. But of course, I didn't find out about it until too late. And it was like, I was working, but it was also around the corner from where I was working. And I'm still sad. <laughs> oh my God. Is that an annual thing? Do you, will you have a second chance or? I think it was like one of the last ones that they had done at the time. Like this was years ago and I don't know. And maybe I just haven't known the right places to look to like know these things in advance so I can plan, you know, cause it's not as big as like Comic-Con, which you get eat lots of emails about and, <laughs> and like plan ahead. Yeah. Which I, sh- like you said, you're an entrepreneur, you're working 24 seven. You can only plan ahead so many days or weeks, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, 
Uh, yeah, you said you have very limited, if any, free time. But with the free time that you do have, uh, I do love looking at you know like mental health and self self care. Do you have any practices that you follow to kind of bring you back to neutral and allow yourself to really relax in between you know either shooting or planning or going to an award show? Do you have anything that helps you? Um, nothing specific, but one of the biggest things that has helped me a lot is learning to accept that I can't do everything by myself. And that's okay. Like not everything needs to be a high volume day, a super productive day. Listen to my body when it says that it is tired and it just wants to be a vegetable and watch TV. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anybody helping you out as far as the administrative end goes, or are you doing this all yourself? it's all me oh my god dude (laughs) (laughs) that's insane oh well that makes sense as to you know why when you have a day off you just it's time to relax i'm not doing shit today (laughs) pretty much that's why i had to like do the set days off we're all like find ways to like do things (laughs) (laughs) well and with that being said i've been asking this uh you know, to a lot of guests recently. And it's uh, now that we're on the back end of COVID, you know, the world's somewhat going back to normal as far as functionality goes. What do you have planned for yourself in the next five years? Do you have a goal in mind? Do you have, uh, I guess, a perception of yourself five years from now? Um, I hope to still be doing what I'm doing now, just better. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. I think at that point, I would like to have just become more knowledgeable and skilled um, in the things that I'm working on. And I'd like to um, feel really good about um, being behind the camera with other people because I've not fully mastered filming and photographing photographing words are hard (laughs) photographing myself um but I know a lot so it's now like how can I do that for others um and get really good at it because at some point I will probably be too old to be a adult content creator and I'd love to pivot away from that to just more back-end work and it sounds like you're you're on the right track for that you know just now you just have to venture out and talk to those people (laughs) oh man so hard. <laughs> Take a deep breath. I got it. Uh, no, you're, <laughs> you're. It's gonna be awesome. Um, uh, with your experience being in front of the camera, I can only imagine how I don't want to say easy, but how comfortable you'll be behind it, knowing that you're not going to be in front. You can focus on the aesthetics and the filmmaking and geeking out over Fuji film, which is amazing. Uh, I do want to ask as we're wrapping up here. If you have a party story you could share with our listeners. So this oh, being <laughs> I know it's interesting right. about this. <laughs> uh I gave her, I don't know, a 30 minute heads up, and I don't think that's nearly enough. But no uh, <laughs> let's think of usually the stories we have here on the show are pretty humorous. Uh it's just, you know, humorous or an awkward experience that's happened during your career that just stands out more than most. Uh, so it could be you going out to a convention, an award show, uh, making content, editing content, talking to people, you know, picking up a publicist, you know, what, uh, if any, if there's a story that might stand out to you. Oh, man. 
I'm sure there's one, but now I can't think of it. And I've had all this time to prep. Um, I I can give you an example and just give you a few more seconds if you want me to stall for about 30 or so. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So I can't use my Matt Bomer story that I used. Oh, my God. Like two episodes ago. But I will say uh, it wasn't it was an event at Sundance years ago where I went to a rap party filled with all of these stars. I didn't know. I was so nervous. I was this newer actor. I didn't know what to do. So I'm walking around in my safe space. I'm like, okay, it's really loud in here. I'm going to go just to the bathroom. I'm going to do the movie thing or I wash my hands and splash water on my face and, and see what happens. Uh, so in the process of doing that, the bathroom, nobody was in. It was super quiet. And then two, I'll just say shadows because they moved so fast just burst through the door and then both of them went into the bathroom stall and I thought, oh, okay, okay, this is going to be like a, a a very intimate interaction I probably shouldn't be here for. Uh, but I start to hear chop, 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 uh, metal on metal and I heard two snorts. So I was <laughs> in the vicinity of two guys just straight up taking cocaine rails within a Sundance rap party and that's when I knew I I kind of made it in the industry at that time. Uh, so that that is my or one of my party stories I always look back on because it it took me years to really realize what was going on. Uh, so, yeah, that's my example, if that helps at all. OK, I don't know if this is definitely not going to top it, but the thing that comes to mind is and it's it's just super simple, but um Okay, so last year there was um it was the Cam Awards and this year it's now the Creator Awards. Um but it was Xbiz's like more like solo content creator award show and I was up for a nomination, but you know, like I'm I'm just a small fish. Um I had no expectations of winning and I met some really cool people while I was there and I was like, oh, this has all been really fun. But you know what I really want? I really want pancakes. Um, like, I just want to find a nice little diner once this is all through. Um, and we can just, like, finish off this, like, week of, like, hardcore work. And, you know, with the award show and everything, wrapping things up and just enjoy some nice pancakes. Um, well, anyways, I ended up winning the award. And I was, like, in shock. And they were like, B! if you want to like party and celebrate we that's fine I'm like no I still want pancakes and it's it's not much of a story it's silly super silly but I feel like it's very very me to be like no guys we're not partying hardy we're getting pancakes and yeah (laughs) those are my priorities God, no, that's I love that story because I I, I think so many people can relate to sitting there. Others are going to want to go out, go out for drinks, party, stay up late. The average person, a true human being, wants fucking pancakes like that is. I love that story. (laughs) That makes me feel better about my own like internal thoughts when I'm in situations like that. No, that's fantastic. You crushed it. That was awesome. <laughs> that was so stressful. That was probably the worst, most stressful part of like my whole week, my whole month. Oh, no, it's gone. It's over. It's done. We're good. We're good. Um, 
last few things I have for you, it, it kind of goes along with your experiences as an entrepreneur. Uh, I do want to see if you have any advice you could pass on to our listeners as far as, you know, developing their own business, whether it's creating content or building, um, building a brand, you know, really building something for yourself. Is there something you've held on to that you could pass on to them as well? Um, I would say, and it's probably not the easiest to come by, but community helps so much, whether that's like other um, people within your niche, within like your, um, I guess, space, your selling space, or just, you know, some sort of commonality that you have um, to just help bounce ideas off of and kind of keep you going um, is is super important. Like I'm still really good friends with people I know from Reddit, even though I've transitioned away from that um, quite a bit since those early days. And I have friends that are um, in photography and like cinematographers and, and things like that. And just having people that you can like be inspired by and talk to and, and guide you essentially um, really, really, makes a difference so that's probably not the best advice coming from an introvert like me um but finding ways to like squirrel your way into those communities um builds friendships everlasting friendships no i think that's beautiful and it's, it's something that a lot of people don't realize when they're doing something creative you can't do it by yourself you need to be surrounded by folks with the same I don't want to say ideals, but, you know, a creative flair that you can bounce, like you said, bounce ideas off of. No, that's, that's fantastic. I really appreciate you sharing that. I don't think anyone's brought up community before. That's really cool. Uh, I also want to ask if you have anything I can give a shout out or promote within the episode notes of this week's release. So it could be, you know, your social stuff. It could be an organization you really believe in, a charity, you know, sky's the limit. Is there anything I could plug for you? I mean, aside from promoting me, um, no, nothing specific. Um, just do good where you can. And that's important. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to tell people what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what is uh, what's your handle? Where can people find you? Uh, well, it varies from site to site. Um, my Instagram is at you be York. Um, the little use there because be York was taken and you for user and Reddit. But anyways, the easiest thing to do is just Google be York and you'll find me. Perfect. Perfect. Sorry. I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Your girl be York. I feel like you read my own handwriting. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Well, um, we're wrapping up here. I just want to say, first and foremost, this has been awesome chatting with you and sharing, you know, intro <laughs> introverted experiences with somebody else. I feel very seen right now. Uh, <laughs> I do want to ask, as we wrap up, there is a uh, little thing we like to do on the show. It's called an awkward goodbye. And uh, the, <laughs> the point of origin for it lies within the film Wayne's World. Have you ever, have you ever seen that movie? Um... Thought when I was a little bee, very, very small bee. <laughs> and I don't think I've had the chance to rewatch it since like the early 90s. 
That's fair. That's fair. Well, uh, the scene that gave me this idea was uh, Wayne leaves Garth during their big corporate production and Garth is left in front of the blue screen just mumbling incoherently and has like no idea what to do and is very awkward. So what I like to do is I like, give you a uh, three, two, one countdown silent. When I point to you, just give us your best verbal awkward goodbye and we'll end the recording on there. Does that sound good? Okay. Okay. <laughs> super awkward. It's going to be super awkward. <laughs> Here we go. In. Oh my God. This was so much fun. Like, bye. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe this whole thing happened. Oh, oh it was so swell. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye.